in fruits that defy our expectation of being really easy to just pick up from a stack at the grocery store and put in our faces, like, you know, a banana, for example, which I've kind of come to think of as the Snickers bar of the grocery store. So fruits like quince, for example, which are beautiful and smell amazing, but then when you try to eat them are just are so astringent, so sour. Um, or a fruit like the Norton grape, which doesn't grow very well outside of Missouri. So to uh, someone who lives in Florida, to somebody who lives in Washington, that's a very difficult fruit to come by. Lots of different types of difficulty covered in this book. Okay, so difficult fruit doesn't always mean they're painful to work with. Not necessarily. No, it could just mean they are rare. It could mean they have defied our attempts to domesticate them. Huckleberries are a great example for me locally of that. Those only grow in the mountains um, where I live. Um, um, and uh, all of our attempts to turn them into uh, blueberry-like fields have have not worked out, which means you have to go out and pick them yourself. And the labor, the difficulty of the labor becomes part of their sweetness. Um, um, but once you have them, they're, they're completely easy as pie to work with. So how they can also be something like the Osage orange, right? Which is mm -hmm. a fruit that isn't even edible. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. so another type of difficulty. A huckleberry is real. A huckleberry is absolutely real. <laughs> oh, it's just the dog's name, the cartoon. Uh, but no, the huckleberry, what's a huckleberry taste like? Is it sweet? Well, it depends on what um, species we're talking about. So huckleberry um, is sometimes used to refer to um, wild blueberries, the way I think of wild blueberries from the East Coast. Um, those will taste different than my huckleberries. There's a huckleberry that grows on the east side of the Cascades where I live that is um, really dark purple. It's plump. It's got, it's kind it's doesn't really taste like a blueberry, but that's the closest that you can kind of get to it. It's sweet. It tastes wild. It's it's just it's one of those. It's like trying to describe your favorite music. It's almost impossible, impossible. to try to. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we're down here in Key West, where a lot of uh, fruits I'd never heard of when I got down there. We have breadfruit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, You're in such a fantastic region for fruit. I'm dying to get down to the fruit and spice forest that you guys have in Homestead. Then, that's that's where I, I I used to have a landlady and she'd bring me um, star fruit and dragon fruit and but breadfruit is amazing. It tastes if you toast it, tastes like bread. Really? It tastes just like bread with some cinnamon. It's it's um well you have to doctor it up and then you're like oh. sure. But um, d have you heard of star fruit and dragon fruit? Absolutely, uh, but obviously. you know what? The versions of those that we get where I live are no good. They're just no. It's there's no point in even trying them. I think. Um, where I am, I need to come to you to mm -hmm. and, and get into you know the, closer to the equator to really really taste how how delicious those fruits are. So I've seen photos, I've and I've tried all of these fruits, but but they're just pale imitations of themselves by the time oh, they get to me. By the time they they travel, um, have you been yeah. down to the Keys? No, I haven't. I'm dying to come though. We gotta come down. We'll hang out. Oh, sounds good. It's like, you're like not now, I'm not coming now. Um, right, you guys, you guys got through your your storm, okay? We did. Yeah, we were super lucky. I mean, we got some, you know, a little water. But if it rains hard here in Key West, it, 
you can get some standing water, but um, sure. but uh, yeah, we thanks for asking. We're we're fine. Now you've written um other things. You I, I love the the titles. You're a great titler. I don't know if that's what <laughs> pie and whiskey riders under the influence of butter and booze. Oh yeah, that's an anthology. Line. That's amazing title. I, I mean, that's <laughs> like I yeah, I'm gonna pick that up. And um, and what what's that about? Is it really about pie and whiskey, or is that absolutely? Yeah, no, no joke. So my husband Sam Ligon and I run a reading series in the inland Northwest called Pie and Whiskey, and we will make 400 slices of pie, fresh, delicious, homemade pie. Um, Dry Fly, which is a local distillery, will serve up a shot of whiskey for every person that comes. We'll have a baker's dozen of readers or writers, excuse me, come read new work where they have focused in some way on pie or on whiskey. And of course, so so pie is kind of the Saturday or Sunday morning uh, theme, and whiskey is kind of the Saturday night theme. Mm. And both of those two things together just create these these pieces of writing that are often um, really touching and really funny and really body. Um, and that book collects all of the best writing from that series, plus some recipes inspired by our favorite pieces. So, work by Jess Walter, by us, um, by all sorts of really great, great writers, a lot of from the West. That's that amazing. Now, let me back mm-hmm. up a little bit. You are a pastry chef. How did you get into that and, and what inspired you? Well, I went to poetry school. I got my MFA in poetry. And <laughs> as I was um, preparing to graduate, I was encountering that question that all English majors encounter, which is, what are you going to do with that degree? Been, been um, and, yeah, and I write. <laughs> like, I'll host a radio show. My response, which first was flippant, was, "Well, I'm going to start a pie school," because at the time I was I was making pie for fun. It was just something that um, people, when I made it, when I brought it to a, a group setting, to a party, to work, whatever, they knew exactly how to receive it and they were excited about it and that was just such a different response than i got when i brought them a poem for example mm-hmm. and poetry is, is harder and it should be harder that's that's fine but i needed kind of this accessible um easy sweet thing to do while i was doing this other harder thing so i started to tell people about oh, i'm gonna start this i'm gonna start a high school um and that began to seem actually like, why not? Why don't I start a pie school? So I started teaching people how to make pie um, at the Pike Place Market in Seattle and also um, in their homes and in different culinary centers across the United States. And it just kind of snowballed from there and became the cookbook, Pie School, um, which has 50 recipes for my pie in it, but most importantly, a involved um, philosophy about how to make fantastic crust, which is the most important thing about a pie next to using fantastic fruit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. I think I know the answer. Do you, is it, do you have to make the crust every time you make a pie? Can I just buy that graham cracker? Oh, Gwen, you know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> you crust, gotta make is the crust. crust is hard. Crust is hard. 
Crest is hard. One of the reasons Crest is hard is because it's a, it's a type of food that is best learned in person. And most of us learn how to cook these days from books, from the internet, from television, which are fine ways to learn how to cook. But this, but pastry, pie pastry in particular, is one where the secret is not in a piece of equipment. It's in, I mean, it's not in like the perfect ingredients. It's, it's in a gesture and it's in how you relate to your ingredients um, and how you touch that dough it's also in the weather so the way you make pie in florida is going to be a lot different than how i make it in spokane even just because of humidity um, and temperature so um, all that stuff you get to be really sensitive to you know what's going on today where am i at today um and but once you once you have some practice it really only takes about five dollars and 20 minutes to make pie crust oh that's not bad Right? And if you okay. mess it up, you just make it again. Just make, make a new one. Kate Lebo, the author of The Book of Difficult Fruit, is my guest this morning. Now, what if I made you a pie and it was one of those graham cracker crusts that's already made? Like, would you just throw it away or would you no, try it? No, of course not. You'd try that it. would be rude. Well, you'd give it <laughs> to your neighbor. You'd be like, here, I brought I just, it was just, you would be embarrassed for me is what you're saying. No, no, no. I mean, nice. I, mean I also understand like people's limits on time and just like the care that you, the fact that you took the time to make me a pie, I would appreciate. And I, you know, sugar, sugar, man, give me some. It's true. You're, you're the kindest pastry chef ever. Like you're, you're not, <laughs> you're not temperamental, are you? I'm not well, and technically, I'm not a pastry chef. So you should, if you talk to an actual pastry chef, oh, they I'm might sorry. give you a different, a different answer. I, I consider myself a home cook, okay. um, and in a lot of different ways, I'm I'm self taught, and I've learned from other. Um, mostly home cooks, but some professional cooks as well. I got that all messed. I'm sorry. You have to come back. Oh, I'll start over. That's okay. And 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 you're a writer, a poet. Uh, you 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 do a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do. Mainly, mainly I'm a writer, and and I kind of um have been gathering these different uh, food practices that bring me joy, but also give me something to write about. Um, right now, I'm making cheese, for example. I've got a cheese apprenticeship with a, a gal named Laura Lee Misterly, who runs a, a farm and a domestic arts school up in Rice, Washington. Um, and she's been teaching me how to make all kinds of, of goat cheeses. Um, and that's that's been a really fun and completely different process than learning how to make pie. Why is goat cheese the superior cheese? It, oh, yeah, well. I think it is. That and Havarti. Yeah. Let's not get crazy. I, no, you know, I mean, and it really, I think it just depends on who you're talking to. I have been really loving learning how to make goat cheese, I think, because um, it's less common where I live. I mean, I, it's harder to get access to goat milk. And so the people that you meet when you try to find a steady supply of goat milk are really interesting. Um, they're people who are passionate about their goats. Um, it is, um, let's see, it's a lower fat milk um it's got just a lot of different um flavors that cow milk doesn't necessarily have um that are really fun to to try to work with i mean chef goat um soft goat cheese is fun because it is so dang easy you would not believe how easy it is to make chef you just you just need um, a bacterial culture and um, a little bit of rennet and you just need to leave it alone that's it and you've got delicious cheese that you made yourself. No, but uh, yeah. now, now during 2020, um, people were making bread. They were, you know, the, the whipped coffee thing. I, I made that. 
I miss the whipped coffee, man. That sounds that sounds a little it mean. too much, but it it, it, it was like a, a frothy. A, I don't know, like a I don't know. It was it was it was okay. Uh, that, it was we're at home. Yes, and we get to with our coffee. Did you experiment or head headlong into cooking and and stepping up baking and such, or were you just like? Eh. You know, I um, are, yeah, I already had a baking practice that actually I was starting to let go of because I was pregnant for a lot of the um, pandemic and parts of it just couldn't spend a whole bunch of time on my feet. Um, but I was getting really deeply into, into cheese making. So I would have been a good person to have over if you had made bread, if you could have invited me over and we're not in quarantine. Mm -hmm. um, we could have combined our efforts. But I was making, yeah, cooked uh, cooked curd cheeses. They're called curado. They're like uh, manchego cheese. Mm -hmm. um, and I was trying to learn how to make mozzarella, which is, an, which is a cheese that's a bit like pie in that um, it, the trick is really how you how you touch the curds. And I haven't. I haven't mastered that one quite yet. So that's a good thing that you didn't invite me over to try my mozzarella. <laughs> is is cheese making, is there a slim margin of error? Is is that what you're telling me? Or is it something that I could do tomorrow? No, definitely something that you could do. It's really there. There You can make mistakes. And I have been making them, believe me. Um, and what I found that it's it's not so much that um, it's easy to make the mistakes. It's that uh, cheese making um, just requires attention. So my my Laura Lee, my mentor, likes to say it's um, a lot of milk, time, and dishes, um, and that's it. But that time piece of it gets a little tricky in that you've got to remember, you know, to go back in an hour and stir or cut or drain. And it, it's, lot, it's lots of little actions that you do over time. So it's, it's that kind of paying attention. And since I had uh, my son, who is eight months old um, and is, is, you know, hell on uh, <laughs> trying to, to concentrate and, you know, make jam or or, or do much with um, difficult fruit that that takes you know a lot of time and a lot of attention. Um, I have noticed that though cheese making is easy, though all these different things that I do, the, the small actions I was mentioning are each of them are easy in and of themselves. Um, if I don't have kind of the the frame of, of mind, if I'm not paying able to to remember, you know, to go back in an hour or what have you, that cheese doesn't turn out. So I'm making all sorts of crazy mistakes that I blame on my my love for my darling son because I'm really just paying attention to him. So I'm taking a cheese making break right now until I can get my brain back. Sounds good. Sounds good. I, I um I'm gonna keep you a little late. Uh Pi School. <laughs> pie school is it back on? You may, you uh, pie pie school, school is you know what? I actually I haven't restarted high school yet, but I could at any minute. It really is just a matter of somebody asking me if they if they you know want to have um, a pie lesson. So I am doing crest uh, tutorials over Zoom. Um, so yeah, hit me up. My my website is katelebo.com. There's a contact form there. If you want to learn how to make crest, we can do it in an hour over over Zoom. That's great. And and you're on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Goodreads. So, um, mm -hmm. Kate Lebo, I, I can't thank you enough for getting up that early. Or, or, not, unless <laughs> no you always problem. do. If you always get up at five, then then I'm like not going to feel bad. But you don't, right? I don't. Okay. I love to sleep. I know. It's my <laughs> but it's, favorite it's thing. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I appreciate it. Book of Difficult Fruit. Check it out. Again, that's katelebo.com. Kate, you've been a delight, and thank you, and uh, hope we can have you back sometime. 
Sounds great. Take care. Thanks Take for having me. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. And thank you all for tuning in today. We'll be back tomorrow at 8.15. I'm here weekdays at 8.15. Going to play a song. Then I'll be back with your weather forecast and headlines. This is Houndmouth, This Party, Island 106.9. Stick around, everyone. Can you?